Thank you, Father, for your precious word. And our prayer is today that you would open up our hearts and our ears to hear what it is that you want to do in our lives. Thank you that you are a God of miracles and all glory goes to you. Amen. Please be seated. And good morning. It's lovely to be with you this morning. Now, we're continuing our series in Daniel, and this morning we're looking at Daniel, Be Brave. And I'm sure that each one of us have heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den many times. I know, uh, I think the first time I heard it, I must have been very tiny. It's a story that I'm very, very familiar with. It's a story that teaches us about the promises and the faithfulness of God. It's a story telling us all about the bravery and the courage of Daniel. And it's also a story that reminds us to trust God even when it might feel like everything is lost and you just don't know how you're going to get through the next day. God is there. And it's also a story about finding peace, knowing the fact that God is a God who has promised us that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Now, Max Lucado, who's um, a popular author, he puts it like this. I thought it was very good. It says, whatever it is, you'll get through this. You think you won't, but you will. The fear, the depression might not lift, that the pain might not ever go away, that the grey sky will never brighten. Will we ever exit this pit? And he continues, he says, yes, yes, deliverance is to the Bible what jazz music is to the Mardi Gras, big, bold, and everywhere. Out of the lion's den for Daniel, the prison for Peter, the whale's belly for Jonah, the grave for Lazarus, and the shackles for Paul, God gets us through stuff. He gets us through the wilderness and through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, through is a very favorite word of God's. And in Isaiah 43, verse 2, he says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Sometimes life is tough, isn't it? We all have our own stories. We all have our own journeys. It might be bereavement. It might be ill health. It might be divorce. It might be many, many, many things. But each one of them can leave us in our own pit, in our own den, with our own lions roaring at us. And I believe that this morning, God wants us to know that no matter where you find yourself, there is hope. In the last four years, I've faced cancer. I've lost my home. I've got a good one now, though. And I lost my mum and dad. The lions have certainly been roaring. But as I'm writing this, I, I, the Lord brought back to mind something that happened to me a few years ago. 
Now, some of you may know, I, I have a bit of a problem with heights. Um, I didn't realize that the tickets that I'd booked to go to the theatre were in the circle. And actually, I didn't quite realize that my little issue with heights was as bad as it was. But as I walked into the theatre and I stood there, I felt like I was going to roll and end up in the orchestra pit. It's that horrible feeling of feeling out of control. Now, there were quite a few people seated around in the theatre, and, and I, I tried to have as much grace as I could as I tried to make my way down to my seats. And the seats were very low down, but I was holding on to them as I went, and I thought, I can do this, but I only managed a couple of steps, and then I had that feeling again. I was a bit stuck because I couldn't go up and I couldn't go down. So I did the only thing I could, and I thought, well, I'll try sitting down on the step and um, work my way down on my bottom, which was highly embarrassing. And everybody was watching, but I thought, I didn't want to miss the show. You do what you have to, don't you? Anyway, I suddenly found that I couldn't do that either. Somehow, I managed to get myself back up on the steps and uh, I was laughing, my friend was laughing, and she said, I tell you what, why don't you try going in the next aisle? And there was a wall, and she said, perhaps you could slide down the wall. Well, I did. But when I got to my row, I couldn't move from the wall to the seat. So I managed to get back up again, and by this time, I did have everyone's attention, including the usherette, who said, I don't think you're going to make it. So I said, well, I don't. She said, let me see. Let me see what I can do. So off she went. She came back and she said, right, she said, do you think if I'm with you and your friends with you, could you slide down the other wall? So I thought, well, I just slid down that one, so let's try. So, so off I went down there. And I got to, she got me to this door. And uh, it was a really dingy brown door. And I thought, oh, I think I'm going to end up on the street. By this time, I think I'd become the warm-up for the theatre show with the audience. <laughs> anyway, she opened the door, and as I went through the door, I found myself in the royal box. <laughs> to the applause of the audience. And you do what you do, you know. And I took my seat, and I enjoyed the show. But you know, God is so faithful. And I have found that over the years, whatever pit I found myself in, whatever den with the lions I found myself in, he has been faithful. It might not have always been how I thought it would go, but he has always been there. He's a wonderful God. What I thought was a hopeless situation was redeemed. Daniel's life did not end in the pit, and neither will ours. So in our reading today, King Darius, we heard, has set up a new government structure. Now this consisted of uh, 120 satraps who were guardians and three commissioners, very, very powerful men in the kingdom, and Daniel was one of them. Now, a key part of their responsibilities was to gather in all the revenues and deposit it into the king's treasury. 
Now, Daniel distinguishes himself in this role. In fact, the verb translated here refers to Daniel continually distinguishing himself. He is a man of integrity, and he's found favor with the king. Big promotion is on the cards. Now, this, of course, is not going down terribly well with the other Persians, um, the commissioners and the satraps. And I'm sure that with Daniel in charge, there wouldn't have been any room for any dodgy dealings that they might have wanted to do. Not only that, he was an exiled Jew, and he refused to bow down and worship their gods. So began the mission to dig up the dirt on Daniel. Not a stone was left unturned. Years of living honestly and with integrity. Years of being faithful and loyal in his work. Upstanding in his character. Seeking after God and worshipping only the king of kings. Left the jealous officials shaking their heads and not knowing which way to turn. So they decided that the only way they could do this was to manipulate circumstances so that Daniel's devotion to God would appear as disloyalty to the king. So they approached the king, and one translation says they thronged. So it was an emotionally charged meeting. They meant business. And they said that all the leaders and satraps were in agreement. Well, we know that's not true because Daniel certainly wasn't. And they said to the king, what could show more loyalty to you than a ban on petitions being made to any other man or God apart from you, the king? And of course, the king, he was flattered and he was duped and he signed the decree. Now, when a decree was signed in the Medo-Persian Empire, it was so binding that not even the king could undo what he had done because it was thought that the Persian kings talked, spoke for the gods. And of course, the gods couldn't be wrong. The king had been tricked and unknowingly put Daniel's life in danger. Daniel was his best worker, He trusted him, and he was not happy, and he wanted to do everything that he could to save him from his fate. Now, Daniel, of course, being a high-ranking officer, knew of the decree, and he also knew that he was being watched. He knew that they'd set a trap, but he did not bow down to that decree. And we see in verse 10, it says, when Daniel knew that when the writing was signed, he knelt And he prayed as he always had. Daniel was focused on the command to worship the one true God and him only. And this far surpassed any decree that the king might have signed. So what did Daniel do? He went to his room. He went to the window that was open toward Jerusalem. And he bowed down and he prayed. Daniel was a man of prayer. Prayer was not a last resort for Daniel. It was what he did. He turned to God three times a day, and rather than panic when it felt like things had gone all out of control, he went to the one who actually held his life in the palm of his hand. Daniel ran to the Father. And I wonder... 
What would you and I have done in that situation? I hope I would have done the same thing. But actually, I know I could easily have entertained the thought, well, it's only 30 days, I think I'll take a little break. Or perhaps, I think I might pray quietly in my head, and then no one knows. It's so easy, isn't it, to slip into bad habits. It's so easy to compromise. And our prayer life can easily take a back seat. And I know that that is something that I am always aware of. Daniel was just about to experience one of the biggest challenges in his life. But because he spent time with the Father, we can see that what should have been Daniel in the lion's den was about to turn to the lions in Daniel's den. You see, it's all about perspective. It wasn't just the officers that had been watching Daniel. God had been watching. And what the enemy meant for evil, God was just about to turn it around for good. But it seems that there was no way out. Daniel was taken and he was thrown into the lion's den. He had no idea what was going to happen, but he knew a God that did. And he knew that God was with him. He trusted the one that he had come to know through the time that he had spent with him. Now, Darius the king, he was regretting that this had even was about to happen. And, and this is from the message translation. He says, your God to whom you are so loyal, is going to get you out of this. I mean, how amazing is that? We've got the lions. They were ready and waiting. They would have been half-starved and ready to attack. It was a done deal. Daniel was a dead man. His enemies must have been congratulating themselves. Their evil plan had worked or had it. So Darius well, he returns to the palace. Now, he is a man who has everything that he could possibly want, but he doesn't have peace. He spends the night anxiously waiting, regretting that he had fallen for the evil plot that had been placed before him. He was fearful about what was about to happen to Daniel. Would Daniel's God show up? And morning comes and he races down to the lion's den to see what has become of Daniel. I just love the way that God has worked in the heart of Darius. I mean, why would he even consider that Daniel was going to be alive? And again, I'm reading this verse from the message. It says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve so loyally, saved you from the lions? And Daniel replies, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel who closed the mouths of the lions so they would not hurt me. I've been found innocent before God and also before you, O king. I've done nothing to harm you. The king was amazed, and he ordered Daniel to come out of the pit, and there was not a mark on him. God had done what King Darius, in all his might and kingly power, could not do. 
God had saved and delivered Daniel from the lion's den. And so then King Darius then makes a new decree to all the people and the nations, which comes a, a little bit later. And it says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And again... According to the Medo-Persian law, those who were found guilty of accusing another, falsely accusing another, would be sentenced to death along with their families. And so a little bit later in the reading, we see that those who had thought, sought to kill Daniel are now thrown to the lions themselves. And before they even reach the bottom, they are torn apart by the lions who were waiting and I think this just confirms what a truly massive miracle had just taken place. Daniel is known as one of the bravest, most courageous men in the Bible. But I think that perhaps his true bravery was more evident in his life outside of the lion's den than in the lion's den. After all, once he'd been cast into that lion's den, there was precious little that he could do. That was for God to do. But it was in his choices that he made daily to not give in to the temptations around him, to pray even though he knew that it would mean death. That was bravery. And it was that courage and it was that faith that set the scene for the miracle that was just about to unfold. God doesn't just want us to be like Daniel in the lion's den. He wants us to be the Daniel who was faithful and honest at work, who, was, who had excellent character, who continually prayed and walked with his God. The Daniel whose enemies could not find any pattern of wrongdoing. The Daniel who refused to compromise. Remember the verse that we read earlier, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the fire, I will be with you. Life can be hard. And sometimes we do all we can to embrace all the characteristics that Daniel shows and still, like him, end up in our own lion's den with our own lions roaring at us. And it can be a struggle, can't it, to remember that God actually is there right with us in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. We have to remember that we have a loving Father who constantly wants to remind us to not keep our eyes on our circumstances, on whatever is going around in our lives, but on the one who is our saviour, our protector, our deliverer, and our friend. 
And I wonder, what is it or who is it that we turn to in times of trouble? Is prayer the first point of call or is it the last resort? Like Daniel, our prayer and worship needs to be a habit. Now remember, Daniel was one of the most powerful men in the kingdom and I'm sure he was insanely busy. But he still carved out time in his day to pray three times a day. Daniel trusted God because he knew him. Now trusting God when sometimes all around all we can feel is pain and uncertainty calls us to be brave. The challenges that Daniel faced were not just the test of what was before him, but it was the test of what was inside him. God honours faithfulness. And when the stone is rolled over our den, over our pit, as it was Daniel's, and everything becomes dark and hopeless, remember that the same God that silenced the lions for Daniel is the same God who speaks hope into our situations. He makes a way when there seems to be no way. And what he asks of us is that we walk with him, that we spend time with him in the here and now. So he becomes the one who, like Daniel, we turn to because that is what we do. God honoured Daniel's faithfulness and he will honour ours too. Remember, Daniel's life did not end in the pit and neither will ours. Our God is such a mighty God. Let us pray. I felt that today there might be some of us who are going through things that it feels like we are in that place where we are in that pit and we have our own lions that are roaring at us. And it's been feeling hopeless. And I just felt the Holy Spirit was saying, today is the day where he wants you to give that to him. He wants you to just spend a moment and place it in his hands. So let's just take a moment and ask God to Help us to know exactly what it is that he wants us to give him. Father, thank you that you know each one of us here. You know what's going on in our lives. And you know the fear that we can have when we feel uncertain of outcomes. But I thank you that you are a God who speaks hope. 
And he comes to you now and he says, just receive my hope. And he comes with his love and just fills those places that have felt fearful with a peace that is beyond understanding. Thank you for the promise that you would never leave us or forsake us. That you are the God who silenced the lions in Daniel's den and that you are the God that comes into our den and you silence those fears and anxieties and bring peace. And I pray, Father, that you would help each one of us in our walk with you. That we would spend quality time with you. Thank you that you call us into that secret place where we can find life and refreshing waters that speak into the deepest parts of our souls and spirits. Thank you that you are a God of miracles and thank you that you care about each detail in our life. And we thank you, Father, for the way that you move so beautifully and you bring about change. Thank you for who you are and what you mean to each one of us. And our prayer that you would draw us closer to you daily and that we would trust you that bit more every day. In your precious name, amen. <laughs>